Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the LPN Show. Recorded both in Los Angeles and New York City. We're just, you know, here to hang out. Have a good time. All right. I'll talk to y'all after a while. Hey there, you sweet, sweet little podcast listener. Oh, I long to touch you. I long to be with you. Welcome to the LPN Show. I'm your host, Henry Zabrowski. How did I get here? I use my feet. Today we have an illustrious guest, someone I don't get to talk to one-on-one outside of just being hammered <laughs> in New York together, and I miss it. I miss that part of my life. I miss it so bad. Put your clammy claws together. I mean, he can't hear it. We can't hear it. I have no clue if you're applauding him. I don't I don't know if you like him, but you better like him. <laughs> this is Andrew Short. He's the creator of a web series called The Undone Sweaters. Oh, yeah. Which was a very fun-ass story with uh, you and Reed Failer. And Danny Tamborelli, too, man. That's right. Yeah, back in the yeah, day. back in the day. And then, and but more currently, you're one of the Lord Creatrixes of a very interesting show that we have here in LPN called A Story Must Be Told. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, what a unique show. Welcome, Andrew Short. Oh, thanks for having me, y'all. To the LPN show. Oh, Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah. This is so nice. Um, let me just get this out of the way, all right? Uh, how tall are you? I am five. I'm five three. Now I'm five foot seven, so I'm huge, right? <laughs> You're a monster. It's horrifying. It's disgusting. I'm a monster. <laughs> I wanted to start off the episode by doing one of those before we get into anything constructive. But as a as a smaller man, right, I get the same thing too. Have you ever had to deal with anything with like a guy like have you ever had to deal with one of those where like a guy was like grabbed your wife's groceries or like pulled on her jacket and he's like, What are you gonna do, little guy? And she's like, Help, help and you've ever had to like step in and being like you're not going to disrespect my wife or me. I I had to do it. My sister is like my height too. She's in the story must be told as well. Um, we were at a bar in Williamsburg and dude, Williamsburg has just been overrun by bros, which is really sad. This bar we used to go to all the time. We were walking through and this guy's It's said, all frats. It's, it's all, all frats. Frat shit. It's all, and maybe they're going to be all gone after quarantine, which rules, but... This 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 great scourge will scour the filth, and I do mean that. Maybe there's a bit scouring the filth, and it's gonna leave New York City clean as a whistle. It's gonna go back to the '70s, dude. It's gonna be weird yes. artists and people dying in the streets, getting killed on the subway, baby. That's that's how I'm gonna do it. You might get a new AIDS. Won't that be fun? A new one, dude. Just to be able to write a book, I just want to be in a black and white picture. I just want to be in a black and white picture, and I want to be marching. Yeah, you soon. Fuck yeah. Yeah, but dude, I was at a bar with my sister who's shorter than I am, and this guy said, hey, baby, to her. 
And not only was I, like, pissed that Williamsburg is gone, but also, like, that's my sister. I lost my mind. And in front of a crowded bar, I screamed at him, like, I'm going to fucking kill you or something. And, like, the instant you scream as a short guy and everyone looks at you, you feel like the world's biggest piece of shit or the world's smallest piece of shit. Because, like, an angry short guy looks like someone in a Looney Tunes cartoon. My problem is that once I've got, once I have that group of people's attention, mm-hmm. unfortunately, that's why I try not to take it over the lip. Yeah, to confrontation because I know, and I've talked about this in the last podcast. I don't know if you've talked about this in your personal life, but as a as a person that uh, of smaller stature, I know I got to go to eleven. Oh yeah, because now people are watching me, and now it's like, oh, you thought that this was just the beginning of this scenario. <laughs> now that you're all looking at me, oh, I'm gonna like, I'm a back down. Be like, no, unfortunately, now I'm doing stuff like I'm throwing stuff off of tables and shit. Yeah, I I just like puff up my chest and I'm ready to go. But and I think like how crazy it's all in the eyes. If you can make it look like you're actually gonna kill someone, they'll be like, oh. And it doesn't matter how tall you are. Like, your lizard brain is like, this man is going to spin my, spit in my eyes. You just start pulling on your own hair and punching yourself in the face, going to be like, you don't think I'm not fucking crazy enough to fucking kill you and me? I'm going to commit suicide. Like, you start screaming that at that, just of a dude. I take out my keys, I open up one eye, and then I just pull it across it, and eye goo comes out, and blood comes fucking out. Fucking shit, and I'm like, This doesn't even hurt. Look at my shit. Look at my Salvadorly shit. I'm <laughs> fucking ready to take it to the next level. <clears throat> Speaking of taking it to the next level, mm-hmm. a story must be told. Now, a story must be told, I would say is, I don't want to pop the bubble of the mystery of this show here on LPN. It's, it's very mysterious. Not unlike our Lord God. It is very mysterious. People are very... Curious about it? Those, if you haven't had a chance to listen to a story, must be told. Go check it out. It's a whole universe of stuff. But I know, in a way, it started with the boy. The boy. Oh, it's now. It's all the boy. Now, is it still fully the boy? It's not just the boy. But <laughs> before we even started, the story must be told. I was just like obsessed with the idea of a man becoming obsessed with the boy and not like you've been talking about the boy (laughs) not like for like 10 years in a gross way or anything but just talk someone pulling you over in the street and be like have you heard about the boy the boy the boy the boy the boy did that start with you and reed's live show with the creek uh what the hell was that not um oh underbelly underbelly yeah underbelly underbelly yeah i think it did dude we really went balls to the wall with that Holy shit. Underbelly was one of the best shows <laughs> in the fucking city, man. That was a really fun time period. Thanks, man. When all of those shows were kicking. Because it was also See You in Hell. See You in Hell was the same night. We followed See You in Hell, I think. I don't even remember. I just remember, like, Joe Para like, throwing glasses, like, uh, like, ceramic plates against the wall and, like, showering the front row with, like, shards of ceramic and... We got some good people. It was, I don't know, man. It, it was fun. It's a shame. People that. let off a smoke bomb mm-hmm. inside. And then I remember because See You in Hell was a show where it's like standard sets. Comedians would do standard sets, but then have to do it in a in embarrassing or difficult circumstances. Right. Like, you know, they'd have to like cover themselves in bullshit or take off their pants or shit like that. And it was, it, it was a constant, constant <laughs> mayhem. But you'd have to follow that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there would be, oh, man. It was so fun. Reed and I would just be wearing like baby diapers and have fake cocaine all over our faces. And we'd have like guns where we'd like 
paint off the orange thing so it looks oh, yeah. like real had guns. To. <laughs> had, had to. Had to. I'm a fucking artist, baby. That's how it's so <laughs> funny because Murderfist had the same exact <laughs> psyche where it's like, I can't be looking this fucking orange uh-uh. tip. Uh-uh. Let's just fucking cover it. No, because it's not a real gun. Does it look like a real gun? Meanwhile, like, <laughs> just, just, just real. putting it to your head. Oh, just fucking, just real. fucking real. When you do that, it does, which is a nice selling point. That's why mm-hmm. it works in the sketch then. Mm-hmm. But comedy used to be different. Comedy used to be more tactile. Yeah, back in the day. Man, things changed. But the boy didn't start then? The boy didn't start then. I, I just get like, I get words stuck in my head. And I'll just like ruminate over it nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. Like, do you and Reed Failer? Reed Failer is the other one of the Lord Creatrixes of a story oh, must yeah. be told. Best Same thing with world. Adam Wirtz. Adam Wirtz is a Murderfist, work with him for years. It's like we, he's a brilliant, brilliant director. Do you guys all have the same level of commitment to the boy? Or are there some people get pushback? Like, because now everybody's married. Yeah. Is everybody, does that, is the boy seeping into your personal life? Well, now he's like, we've like officially made him a character in The Story Must Be Told. Reed came up with this name, Chalms, and everyone, yeah, Chalms. everyone pronounces it differently. And now like, because we talk about how we have this like church compound in LA and how like we have a celebrity center and all that shit for this story. And That's he's so much fun. He's just the the little boy who follows us around and he's a little impy boy and it's the boy, the boy, the boy. What was the other video? The long form video, I believe it was called The Birthday. The birthday party. <laughs> the birthday party is wild. <laughs> if you, you look that up. That was the first thing we made. And we had we got this, like, we went to this website that had just, like, the most realistic-looking dicks ever. And in this scene, like, it's about this guy whose, like, whole family turns against him. And then at a birthday party, they reveal that, like, they've ruined his life. And he has a heart attack. And when he's on the ground, they, like, pull down his pants <laughs> and mock his penis. And yeah, so yeah. we were like... That happened to me in real life. <laughs> That happened to me when I was a little kid in, in uh, day camp. Uh, a bunch of bullies pushed me down and t- took off my towel and they all made fun of my penis. No, are you serious? Oh, I no. think it's the moment I became a comedian. <laughs> You're like, I got to kill them. I I'm, I have to figure out a way to even this out because I know I have a tiny penis. I'm fucking a five foot seven Polish Scottish person. That's- right? I have to fucking, it's all about ferocity. It's the only way I, I make a woman mine. <laughs> But what is, what is the idea? Because one thing, I think a current that runs through your your humor is the idea of quote-unquote normal people mm-hmm. and the turmoil that seems to lie directly underneath, especially like button-up people oh, yeah. that seem to have their shit together and then you find out essentially they are actually cryptically obsessed with the boy or like something how like a story must be told because on one level a story must be told is a vague parody of religious like in religious organizations and especially the ones that make a fuck ton of money like super true 100 percent, yeah but it goes in a fun another avenue because it has more narrative twists and turns yeah. you guys have a cast of characters and one of my favorite things in the world which is what we did uh, we, we did a lot of more internet content back in the day like I worked with a company seen John Gaznavi we worked we did this thing called this is my Milwaukee mm. and there is and a thing called Bear Stearns Bravo which was this hidden <laughs> uh, you were a part of too 
Well, let's talk about all this too. Weren't you in Bear Stearns Bravo? If I was, at, when was that? This is Cena. The Cena shot this. This was like back in 2012. Oh, I don't it's know. It's an interactive video game that's still online. You can go to bearsternsbravo.com <laughs> and you can play this choose your own adventure video game way before th- that it's now kind of the rage. But you also do the same thing with the idea of mystery and comedy. Oh, yeah. And not answering a lot of questions. It's, yeah, that's leaving it open ended. And Reed and I both went to like a really, really severe Catholic school. And Adam comes from, like, and we both grew up in the suburbs. Adam comes from, like, the middle of nowhere in Wisconsin. And I don't think he, he wouldn't be offended if I said that either. And, like, Plymouth is in the middle of nowhere. It's in the middle of fucking nowhere. And there's just something so fucking sinister about the world. And people think that it, like, just exists in big cities and stuff like that. But people are fucking dark and fucking weird. And... That's something that we really try to tap into because I think everyone in the world is like a step away from losing their fucking minds. And and, and now I actually wonder during quarantine times, does this a time that turns up the heat or is it actually almost the other side? I wonder if like I think, yes, some people feel like they're going stir crazy. But I actually think there's a, there's a stripe of this experience that's making people realize that they are could be fairly self-reliant. And a lot of people just are getting into staying home. Yeah. Yeah, and it's. I think the people who were going to snap have and will snap spectacularly because of this. Oh, yeah, there's been a, <laughs> a rash of family annihilators. Like, that's still down there. And then Nova Scotia had the biggest mass shootings that they ever had. A dude dressed up as a Mountie. We've been covering on side stories. Ugh. guy dressed up as a Mountie, and he had a facsimile Mountie car, and he killed 22 people and set Jesus. fire to, like, five homes in a, it's in a Joker-like rampage oh, throughout all of Nova Scotia. And Nova Scotia's, like, famously very nice. Oh, super chill. They accepted all the Titanic passengers that sang they're like oh yeah come in come in come you'll like it here it's as cold as the water was but it's outside and it's your normal life oh jeez oh jeez you saw your dad turn into a popsicle but you're a great guy come on in come on in buddy hey come sit down have a have a bit i tell you right there where you're going to you're putting your feet up but what you're going to want to do there is you're going to want to put up a couple couple of warm water bottles in your pants there and you're going to want to warm up Dude, now's now's the time to stick it to him fuck yeah yeah fuck got you canada (laughs) i'm the one who stood up I'm sorry, Canada. Yeah. I'm sorry it happened to you, but welcome to the party. <laughs> but Andrew, you, but I'm with you, right? I, I don't know what happens to young, curious boys and the idea of being afraid of the quote unquote friendly stranger, because I think it's been maybe built into the media we've consumed and because I'm one of those. I believe I'm only comfortable in a big city. Oh, yeah. I think that the countryside, that scares the fuck out of me. I hate going to the countryside. I mean, it's nice, sure, but that's where I feel vulnerable. Oh, yeah. I feel so naked there. Uh, and it's so weird. Like, it's really easy for people to be like, yeah, the Midwest, fuck that. And I'm so glad I lived in the Midwest and, like, grew up there. Like, I'm glad I Where'd lived Where'd you grow where up? I, I grew up in Dayton, Ohio. It, it's just white bread, dude. It has nothing interesting about it. It's nice. It's just weird families and like dads who sit in garages and like no it's like it's nice and you feel like oh this is kind of nice and then it's like <laughs> i was in columbus i was in columbus oh, yeah. ohio hour and a half away and it is you know what a cute little city looks like a john hughes <laughs> kind of like city it's like a place where you'd go it looks like you know 
you know, Christmas in Columbus. Like I lost, I missed my bus, so now I'm like stuck in Columbus. But you know, maybe things will just be kind of all right because I'll meet a friendly mail lady, like that kind of place. Columbus is the type of place where someone from Columbus will be like, "Hey, guess what? We have an Indian restaurant." She's like, "That's incredible. Oh, you fuck. had what? T- tacos? What the fuck? What is a taco? <laughs> uh, but then fucking Jeffrey Epstein is like from there. I did not know that. He had a whole complex of houses in." Columbus, like he created, I forgot what was the neighborhood that it was called, but he created like the rich people neighborhood of Columbus. God bless him. So to me, it's the it's the David Lynch view of the small town that I I fully believe in. It's just this idea of like just one fucking centimeter below the surface of all these fucking lawnmower, barbecuing, fucking simple little suburban suburbanites. Right underneath that, they are just cutting ears off and huffing gas and just fucking keeping weird lounge singers hostages. There's all weird shit happening out there. Dude, it's it's weird. It's weird, and it's palpable. It's bizarre. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. But now that you are a, a, a progenitor of your own fucking religion, do you feel that power? Do not, there's not, is there not a tiny little kernel of you on some level being like, how can we flip a story must be told? into a thing that makes us real money, which is actually creating a religion. That's... <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Have you thought of it? Because the Patreon's kicking. There, I, and it, it, that changed everything. And it's really funny because... <laughs> it's there, man. And I think that it... It takes a really weak person to see that sort of power and go nuts with it. Because if you're like yes. a thinking... Per- I mean, you have a, pa- a Patreon. You have like devoted fans and everything you there's like a weird power there well you there's a crossroads yeah there's a kind of like a crossroads it's weird because you see some people take the other road where you can see like do i like do i really have people under my sway let's see how far i can take it like there's more and more people kind of see like well let's kind of see <laughs> what they'll do like let's see if it's just like well to tom but look at your wife God, I had this crazy thing last night. This, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't even believe it. God told me last night that I need to fuck your wife. I know. In in front of you. It, I have to do I have to do it. And on some level, you're kind of just throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks, and you're kind of doing it until somebody says yes. <laughs> but, you know, something like this, a story must be told. You could, in, in a way, you could start formulating it. There's a validation circle where you're like, but I'll actually do good things with my religion. Yeah, I'm going to have sex with some of my fans' wives. Oh, God. But in the meantime, 
I'm going to be giving them helpful life, life lessons. I'm going to do teach them how to set up their own podcast studio recording at home. Like, this is stuff that is doesn't come cheap. It doesn't come free. Except if we're having sex with your family. <laughs> Which is... Then it's very free. A prerequisite. Like, you have to do it. And that's what God would that's want. That's what God that's wants. That's what the story asks us to do. Um, it's really interesting, though, because a lot of our fans are people who came from, like, really extreme religious upbringings who just, like, have had it and think... And are, like, really excited that there's someone else who thinks that it's insane. So, like, having that ongoing... Like, having that ongoing knowledge that everyone's kind of in on the joke is really funny. Um, but it's really, like, in one episode ages ago, we made this offhand thing that you can't drink milk. And immediately we got something on Instagram of a guy pouring milk down the sink. And even with that, it was like, I can do anything. And you had to, like... Yeah, no, well, holy shit. Do I, yeah, do... How far along are we going to take this attack on milk? Okay, so here's a list of my enemies and where they live. Stuff like that. Do you think that you've learned anything else about religion from making a fake religion? Oh, it's so it's so funny, like, how much you can amp yourself up to look cool. Because I do it as a joke, and my character on Twitter is, like, always hanging out with B-list celebrities. And, like... Yeah, like the Papa John. Papa, he does the same thing. He likes to surround himself with people. Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri. I mean, he likes to try and show off his friends, but that's more of a, hey, look, I have friends. Yeah, and that's that's what he does, too. I do online, yeah. The most direct comparison would be Scientology, right? The idea is that they are using celebrities... To court them in. Do you have any... So there's a world of fake celebrities, or are you courting real celebrities? Real celebrities. I talk to Dwayne The Rock all the time. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, sorry, all the time. Sorry, thank you. One of my good friends, Chris Ludacris Bridges. I politically advised Angela Merkel. Uh, Kenny Chesney writes pig on my garage door in red paint every couple weeks. (laughs) (laughs) But it's interesting to see the combo of I when we cover cults in the last podcast, I think a lot about a lot what you're saying too is that the it's about living in the head of a leader. Oh yeah, the head becomes like the house you live in. You live, you are a member of the household of this dude's personality, <laughs> and you're like living in a room that is his person that uh, inside his personality. You have joined him. You've you've become a part of the the sort of aggregate human being that the cult is. And you're lucky. And it's an it's honor. An honor. It's such an honor to live in his head. And then you're a part of it, right? But you then when the head commits suicide, quite a bit, it takes people down. When the head decides that this is over, we're going to take it down. But it's interesting that what you were saying about the the concept of blowing up your appearance and blowing up your social standings and how it kind of creates a place for people to live yeah in within your the mind frame of the cult (laughs) and something that something that i do on twitter too as the character is like he's also very lonely and it's something that you can read between the lines with like joel osteen and shit like that but they would never say it like if he's lonely he will like, build a new house or something. But then there are times... That's how he defeats loneliness. That's how he defeats it. But then Pastor Andrew, it's, like, so clear he doesn't have friends. And every now and then there will be a tweet where it's just, like, I'm so sick of it. Or he's so clearly sad. And you're, like, this guy is a loser. Like that? Yeah. That's what 
that's what I want. Like, I want him to be mocked the way that these people deserve to be mocked and never are. Like, never are by their, by their, like, they don't let their followers know that they're a fucking loser. And I like to do that. (laughs) Truly good cult leaders never break character. Ever. That's what happened, and I honestly think the one of the besides all of the, the the horrible shit he says, one of the biggest wrongdoings of Alex Jones was that when he came out and said, and when he was trying to get his kids back, which you know, unfortunately didn't work out for his stupid ass, <laughs> but when he had to go into a court and say like, "This is a I'm a performance artist and I'm playing a character," it's like that's a cardinal rule you just broke. And I had such a weird reaction to that too. He's evil and like he is. There's something horrible inside of him. He's a monster. He never should have been that close to the fucking president. <laughs> like that was, and, they, and he didn't realize what he was. I almost, it's not that I feel bad. It's that he didn't realize what he was doing to himself yeah. when he decided to pair himself with the winning side. In like stories, like I love stories of demons just like batting people around, like coming in out of nowhere and batting people around. And I feel like he's that demon. But in those stories, you never see like fallout for it. You never see the demon be like, well, fuck, no one likes me now. Like, I pushed yeah, it Yeah, now nah, I ain't got it. Well, I was embarrassed on Joe Rogan. Now nah, I can't even do... I, got, I don't have a family anymore. But honestly, I think the family was a hindrance to him, and he's actually very lucky. <laughs> I mean, I, he, God forbid, the courts were against him. But he had so many opportunities to flip it, and he never did it. He's a fucking loser. <laughs> but I love you doing the release valve mm-hmm. of, like, letting him see... But to, to me, that's where it functions better as a comedy it's in real life i feel like i had known comedians i'm not gonna name names but i've known performers and shit that acted away on the internet and then it became real yeah and then you are that person now yeah even if you're trying to backpedal man it's very difficult to backpedal all the people who are like well i guess i'm political now i mean that happened 2016 created a lot of a lot of that horseshit, yeah. which I, I get. You're all mad. You know, you you know, you take to the internet to speak. I, I understand that. But like this idea of it being such a centralized part of who you are, but the also just the idea of the troll personality sort of taking over. Isn't that exhausting? I think so. My, Natalie yells at me if I'm on the phone too much. And I don't like getting into Twitter fights and Instagram fights. I think I, they, number one, they make me sad and upset. And two, I ain't got time for this shit. I'm trying to make content. I got all of the stuff we got to make that's not me dealing with somebody who's kind of not worth my time. Yeah. And it makes you so mad. If you don't like my stuff, you can not like my stuff. And you can even tell me you don't like my stuff. But the idea of me then coming, stepping out of my way to like fight you or fight you for my position, like, I don't know. That's so tiring. It's exhausting. And it makes you like blindly mad. It's so weird. Like when I used to be on social media and stuff like I would walk away from shit like shaking and like oh yeah it's so stupid I think it's a lot yeah I think you're just living you're just living in their world all the time and it eventually it begins to hurt it It begins to hurt you as a performer because you I mean and you have to be able to tell I don't know I like the separation but that's me yeah I like a little bit of separation I do too yeah yeah this is this is huge for me this is way different so 
I'll go back. I'll go back in my cave after this. No, you very rarely talk as yourself. I did that for years. You know what I mean? As a sketch comedian, I very rarely did a lot as me. And over the last couple of years, I'm more and more as Henry Zabrowski. And it's weird when you forget that you don't have the same amount of characters to hide behind anymore. <laughs> oh, when it's just I you. miss that. I miss that <laughs> armor. Can I actually talk? I want to talk about the Undone Sweaters. Let's you did a series called The Undone Sweaters that was based upon, it was a fictional story based upon a cover band, a Weezer cover mm-hmm. band that you, Reed Feeler, and Jim Toos were a part of. Yes. Now, do you, are you going to apologize for Weezer? Dude, I love the Blue Album. I love the Blue I Album. I love the Blue Album. I love Pinkerton. And that was the thing. That was like the fundamental part of it is the Undone Sweaters would only play the Blue Album and acted like there were no other albums by them and that <laughs> no other bands existed. So like... But why? what was it? What is it about comedians wanting to be musicians? Like, what was the first thing that you started? Because you're also... You're with the Cowman. Yeah, I'm, yeah I, fucking I'm a musician. Very, like, you still watch fucking... Holden's body all the time Jai right in front of you I'm really happy he stopped wearing the vegetarian shirt (laughs) he has to bring it back that is the only shirt he wore to perform (laughs) it I remember for years when I moved here and saw them play for the first time I was like that shirt rules then I kept seeing it and I was like wow he wears it every time huh that's his only (laughs) shirt huh that's the only thing he wears but you have to watch him from behind him He's the, he's the That's best. a lot. He's the best. I miss him so much, man. I miss the band so much. Oh my god. Are you? Can you do anything right now or no? You no. can't even fucking. We play in this like disgusting like five foot by five. I remember foot that room. place. We would be even if no one has it, we'd be dead. Man, I remember that fucking just. Uh, there are times I don't always miss it, but I remember seeing an early Cowman show slash Skulk the Hulkings for a friend of ours, Steve Shaka, He's great. Who is a big great very talented yeah but going in the, the rehearsal space and just smoking inside and drinking and just like everybody's sweating and screaming on top of each other now it was a time period i feel like now i would fucking throw up dude i thought so too that's every like <laughs> i'm in two bands I now feel- wednesday thursday we just like smoke it up and drink until we're out of our minds it yeah. that's what i'm talking about man Woo! but what is it what's the why are we always chasing this why do we want to be musicians did you start as a musician oh, yeah and then become a comedian yeah my first job was when i was 12 i was uh, a house drummer at a jazz club in dayton and my oh wow I didn't know that yeah dude my parents used to take me to this jazz club called Jazz Central I have no idea if it's still there um and I would play you must have been so cute oh dude you my a little jazz boy tight little tight little mouth cute little eyes rosy little cheeks such a kidnappable just like perfect like little just scoop could scoop you up no one even know you were gone no one know you're gone just pinch the boy go pinch the boy Find the Go boy take and the, him. I feel like the boy could fit inside this boy-sized barrel. Gonna, you can get him right. You could take a boy. You could put a boy right in a fucking barrel. In a I'm going to hide this boy in a flugelhorn case and go to Tennessee. Then I'm going to have my I way. Want, I don't care if the boy could breathe because I got the boy and, and all spirits, they breathe on the other side. He sings his tunes and his tunes come from his heart and his heart is my heart. And my heart is the heart of God. You'll see, now we all share a heart except the boy. Now the boy is separate from me. But you could have been perfect as the boy. I mean, maybe that's who you're searching for as the I'm boy. I'm trying to find myself, man. 
Maybe that's what it is. You're looking for the boy <laughs> inside of you. But what is your, like, as it, man, I guess it's just straight up just sexier to be a goddamn musician. I think that's it. And I don't know. I love music, man. I don't know if I want to be. Being a professional musician, I think, would be, like, fucking exhausting. But It's impossible. Yeah, and it's I horrible. think that it's straight up impossible. It's very, very difficult to be a musician. I think most of your work has to be from selling drugs. Yeah, 100%. It'd have to like, be. Or, or your body, selling your body. Just you could, And I could see you doing that. I could see you guys being like, you want an eighth? You want to suck? And you could be like, you know, either one, but they'll say, but hey, I also drum. Because then you could throw that in there just in case you're looking for a drummer. Just with a dirty white snake te- tank top on. Scraggly hey. hair and yellow teeth. Yeah, I'm kind of an old boy, but my skin's still tight. Because <laughs> you look so young. I'm a, uh, Yeah, I've got those I've got those rosy cheeks. Like a young How boy. How old are you now? I'm 32. Fuck yeah, dude. Hell what yeah. a fucking shit-ass age, man. It means nothing. <laughs> nothing is going on. No, fuck Absolutely all is going on. nothing, I sit dude. in this room I'm, all day. <laughs> You know what's weird is I'm just about to turn 36, and there's something about the term 36. Like, saying you're 36 years old is such like a, get the fuck out of here. It means you've been 13 three times. That's what I I am, and I feel it. Yeah. And I'm hornier than ever, but I'm getting bald. (laughs) I am, my body's weird. I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life because I'm doing a lot of yoga for the quarantine bullshit, but also like- Oh, God bless. I look weird. My body looks weird as I get older. You were, were you ever super fat? No, never. Not until like recently. You've always been this shape. Not until but recently. You're actually, you're like cute. I've, I've got a cute butt. I've got a real tight, cute butt. You're like a pile of tight little tomatoes. <laughs> all formed into a man. And just, but that's what it's supposed to be. And wrinkly where it's bruised. Why is that? Why, why are we like this? I have no idea. Because... I think a part of it would be is that if I did really take my, if I wanted to be tighter, obviously like we all could be. But if you eat nothing but fucking boiled chicken and steamed broccoli and do pull-ups, you will get jacked. And, but when you see a jacked person, as soon as you see him, this is this isn't fair. But when you see someone who's jacked, you're like, oh, I get what he's about, or you're like, of course, oh, I, I get what, what you they say. do. I, I get how they spend their time. But if you see me like. Red-eyed, bloodshot, tired, like fat and puffy and drooling and mad. Like, you know, he's like, I wonder what he's up to. That's so much more interesting. I think so. <laughs> I think so, too. I'm not looking to fuck. Who cares? I'm fine. When it comes down to it, we're already married. And I think that's what makes us, maybe makes us weirdos is like being 5'4", like my goal was never to just like get out there and fuck. Like, because that was kind of, <laughs> that was like off the table. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. 
Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Oh, well, think about this. Well, all right, so I was with my ex for eight years. I missed all of internet dating. So when me and my ex broke up, I got... Me too. Yes, I got into internet dating. And the first thing that they wanted you to put on that fucking app was height. They wanted to know height. And it just gets to a point where I had so many people lie to me just from their looks at that point. As I was almost ready to just be like six foot one. And you show up being like, this is what you get. <laughs> this is what you get. You're going to walk out of me. You walk out of me, you shallow woman. And I, that's it. And then you blow up her spot at the restaurant. You have a cigarette in your mouth and a cigarette in your hand. And you're like, there's a lot to me, honey. Buckle in. There's a lot to me. I, there's two stories between the cigarettes and you're about to hear them. <laughs> I got a whole life that you didn't know I lived until you're... You think I was born five foot seven? No, I was born the size of a peanut that slid out of my mom's pussy. And then I grew up... I used to be six foot two. I still smell like it. Come here, bring it in. There's a foot of me that is unaccounted for. <laughs> But no, it's hard. But I don't think it, we. I don't think the world is asking for a violence being a short people. But unfortunately, a lot of times you got to do it. You got to go and put up and you shut up because if not, we're just going to get bullied for the rest of our fucking lives. I think it's fucked up too that like I'm glad that we're at the point in society more and more where it's like frowned upon if you talk about like the way someone looks in a way that they can't control. But if you go on Instagram right now and find some like hot account, they'll be like short, gross, or like me with oh, a no, short guy. Oh no, it's the very last of it. Yeah. It's the very <laughs> last of the true things that you can harp on yeah, somebody This before. is not the hill you, I'm going to die on, but I'm just saying. No, <laughs> but it's, it's the last of it. People, you can still just straight up call a guy short and call him a bitch and we just have to deal with it. And we're just like, okay, you know, you have to let it roll off your back. You can also, the big thing too is that you could still... Like, I know they're trying to say that, like, calling a guy skinny is, like, an insult. Oh they're trying. God. They're beta testing that. Jesus. I hope right that one now, doesn't like, make it to production. I know. There's a lot of people saying that you just, like, actually, actually is a big struggle being skinny because oh sometimes God. you can't find pants that fit correctly. Just being like, do you understand you, what, what was like being a 250-pound a 12-year-old boy and having to go into the fucking the, the, husky. the husky section? The husky. And, that was real. That was discrimination at the time because no one wanted to see you shop. Dude, I have two pairs of pants that have been in my... <laughs> I'm a grown man. I have two pairs of pants in my dresser that have just been sitting there and unworn because I haven't had the courage to go to a tailor and have them taken in because well, I'm so this fucking is... sick of it. <laughs> but as dudes, but that's what's important to short men more than ever. That's why you have to like... We have to pay attention to how we look. I have to get my shit all fucking tailored because not everything fucking hangs on me. And I look like I look like an orphan. Every funeral I go to, I look like I borrowed my dad's suit. And then I go to weddings and I look like I borrowed my dad's blue suit. And I'm like, hey, who's the most unfuckable guy here? The uncle who's but, been to jail or me? Let's do this. But at least at the funeral, honestly, do you think that people are hornier at a funeral or at a wedding? I want to say funeral. But I think wedding, but by a hair, by a hair. But because you could, man, I would love it. Because I don't think we hear a lot. I think a lot of people, we hear a lot about like bridesmaids and stuff, like people sneaking off. But I love the idea of a bunch of people like ushers or the guys who hold the fucking casket. He's vulnerable. Think about Paul that. Bears. Oh, that, he's so Paul sweet. Paul Bears. How sexy a pallbearer is, oh. a lonely pallbearer. 
Like, you have to go and, like, connect to this guy because he's just been all bereaved. Like, I don't see a lot of that on, like, porn. Dude, we need to make a rom-com called The Lonely Pallbearer. And he is, like, it's, like, like The Lonely Bridesmaid where he's just, like, always a pallbearer, never a corpse. <laughs> where all he does is hope to be a corpse. He keeps being asked to be a pallbearer to all these people because he was a part of, like, some Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy, some Fantasy Football League where all these guys are dying of heart attacks one by one. And at the <laughs> That's it. Like, I've left weddings before I got married. I would leave weddings and be like, I could get married. I want to get married now. Like, that looks like a ton of fun. But I've never left a funeral and been like, I want someone to cut open my body, take out my organs, sew my mouth and asshole shut. Put lipstick on me and put me in the ground. (laughs) I cannot wait. No, I'm very scared of my funeral. Are you afraid of dying? I am deeply afraid of death. Really? I that is a that is a constant thought. That's a thought that keeps me awake quite a bit at night. Hmm. But it's mostly just because it's not so much a fear of death as not wanting my the experience of life to end. That's very sweet. It was because I just enjoy because my whole thing is consciousness. But then I have I have uh, pretty rampant insomnia, and my therapist and I have talked about it quite a bit. And it seems a lot of it has to do with like if I'm awake, then I can't die. Fuck, man. It's a lot. Yeah, man, it's a lot, dude. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. But no, I, what, you're not afraid of death? I'm not I'm not afraid of death. I'm afraid of it hurting. But I just... Well, cancer's got to suck. It's got to blow ass. But I feel like I, I'm afraid of not being able to keep doing all the stuff that I'm doing. Like, that. that's what would suck, I think. Because there's bullshit after this yeah like i want i don't you don't want life to roll past mm. me i want to be here for as long as possible i'm one of those well i believe i'm a transhumanist like i'm one of those where like i would fucking download my brain 100 into a robot and live for eons. Oh, oh dude i want to be like the robot thing with robot arms just climbing over like nuclear irradiated rocks and being like and like eating bugs but still like the whole time like you know Ooh, this is just like Buddy Holly. As it's like playing out of your like bot speakers and you're being like, honestly, the year 3000 is pretty cool. It's pretty chill. It's your diary. Well, as long as I can keep a couple of people alive with me. That's my goal. But I am one of those. I would love to see the heat death of the universe. I think it would be fascinating to see. I just like, I love the idea too of someone being alive for like 5,000 years because you would value things so differently. Have you read Dune? No, it's on the list. I have to read it. I have to read it. I've been obsessed with it. I mean, I, I bring it up. Fucking, how often do I bring it up? Everybody's <laughs> sick of it. But God Emperor of Dune is about that. Yeah. It's about being a, what if, what if you had the opportunity, you saw the line that human beings were going to go on for the next 4,000 years and you could control that line to keep humankind alive would you do it and yeah to some you would be a tyrant (laughs) but to those that truly understood your motives they would see you are trying to you are fighting for the life of the species of humankind hmm that's very noble I also feel like that wouldn't you stop caring about him after a while and be like I've seen all your tricks I fucking hate this it does happen. Oh, okay, yes, apathy okay, okay. does set into the tyrant. It would have to. It does, because eventually it's like, how long can it keep this going? <laughs> how long are we going to let this go? Because at some point, well, you knew about the, in God Emperor, it's all about when is he going to let his time be over? So it's up to him. He's searching for a, a jump off point. 
And then what? Then the humankind's up to its own good. Oh. It's a, uh, humankind's up to its own. But I'm basically waiting for a disembark point. <laughs> when things would be super chill and my golden path can continue forward. I think about this all the time. I'd be such a good worm dictator. Uh, dude, I think about it all the time. I'd be so fair. Would you? I to those that swore fealty, <laughs> you could see you could see how good your life could be to all. To all and I'm talking about the poor. I would make the poor and the rich I would equalize everything. I would have everybody have exactly the same. Um, yes, would I, but, ha, yes, I would live, maybe I, I would see, people would say I live a lavish lifestyle, but when it comes down to it, it's just commensurate to my responsibility. I think, though, if you, like, if you put all your heart and soul into making it work for humanity, and, like, there were people who just kept holding you back, and you had that infinite power, and you were doing this for 300 years, I feel like there would be a time where you're like, feed them to the future beasts. Feed them to the future Got beast. To. I'm so sick of this. It's going on TV. I hate I'm this fucking shit. out of my mind pissed. Uh, you are just, I can't handle another fucking rollback apology tweet that I have to do Mm-mm. with your fucking bullshit trying to keep you happy. You now belong to the future base. And guess what? If people can, like, maybe we're going to learn from a lesson here. And you know what I would say is like, okay, hey, hey, yes, 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 yes. I Did I destroy a legion, maybe ten to 15,000 people that were trying to build up arms against me. Yes, I did. But let's all think about why I did it, number one, and how we should all be very lucky that I don't just, because I could kill everybody, but I don't. But the only way that you could get them to listen is if you were like, and then, okay, we need to set up education centers where people can hear what I'm thinking. And they can- But listen, <laughs> yes, yes. It may not be up in the very beginning of it may not be your will to go. But if you do go, I guarantee I'm saying this. I'm going to keep it fun. I'm going to keep it light. I'm not going to be fucking zapping you with tasers and shit. I'm mostly going to just make it so like I'm going to make a giant kind of like orb that you can't leave. Mm -hmm. But that's mainly my thing is that you just can't leave until I know you're ready to leave. Oh, okay. Like kind of like a prison. But it, education center. <laughs> center. It's a place. But if you keep the fucking, you've got a pool. Uh huh. You know what I mean? And you can actually, I'll let you bitch about me on the internet. Get a shooting range. Be like, yeah, go shoot That'd guns. Fucking Would, shoot guns. Am I afraid of you if you're shooting guns? Absolutely not. Go no, guns. because there's many fables that maybe my body might be impervious to bullets. We're not really certain. Yeah, yeah. And we don't know what has been a, we don't, we're not quite certain what is lore and what is truth. And if you are happen to wrong about what is lore and what is truth and you happen to shoot me and I, you then see I'm invincible and I crush you within my, my, underneath my giant serpentine robot worm body, then you know now. That's, that's just a textbook definition of egalitarianism too. So like this is a, this could be. This could be the first really utopia that you're describing. And I'm bringing the heat on me. I'm bringing the heat on me. Can't you see what I'm doing to myself? But, you know, this is Don't it's you a see lot. how I suffer for you? Don't you love for me? You. Can't you see how much I love you? Yeah. I turn into the dragon for you. For you. For I'm you. a beast. I hate being the beast. This is all God Emperor of Doom. <laughs> Literally, this is the entire book. And it's and it's him. Um, bitching about how um, because he's become a giant worm in the book that's to spoil it but he's become a giant worm ah. and he's talking about how everybody's always fascinated about the fact that he doesn't have a phallus anymore and how will he make progeny dude people that's all people would say behind your back though 
That's no, 100% all they do is see like, fucking big no, old fucking worm dick. I mean, when you're 5'3", yeah. it's already like, hey, man, it's got a small dick. <laughs> like, Yo, are you packing? <laughs> What's up? What's going on down there? No, are you packing? Me? Yeah. Dude, I, I, I what do you want me to say? <laughs> I don't know, man. This is, my fucking, <laughs> this is it, just the end of the universe. Let's say it at the, three, at the same time. Three, two, one. Yes. Yeah, sure. No, sure. <laughs> I guess. It's a mystery to be solved. I know, I know. And the only way you can solve that is to enter a marriage with, with you. me. B- but it's already been done. Is that going to be part of your camp too? And everyone needs to marry me. And once everyone marries me, they'll know I who tell I you am. what, man. I think you know, uh, Andrew, uh, I think one wife is enough. Come on. Oh, hello. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> I ain't going to take the trash out 10,000 times a night. Thank you. Yo, just Tip please. Your weight, staff. Just stay married to me. <laughs> Beautiful Natalie. You're listening to this. Hopefully, please stay married to me. I love to you. I love you, and I'll take care of My you. My wife can hear this in the other room. She must be very proud of me. Very proud of me. No, nah, that's all right. She's stuck with you now. Yeah. Because you guys have built antibodies. <laughs> she together. can't leave the house. Yeah, she can't leave. She literally can't leave. Um, but, man, this was awesome. Mm. Thank you so much, dude. It was so good to see you, dude. And this is wonderful. Is there anything else you want to hear? Take your time. Is there anything you want to pitch? You want to just mean, list all the socials and all yeah, where everybody can find The Story Must Be Told? Tune into The Story Must Be Told every other Tuesday. It comes out on the last podcast network. Thank you. You can find us anywhere. Um... And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TSMBTPod, P-O-D, T-S-M-B-T-P-O-D. Join our religion. Got to do it. End times are not. Got to do it. You literally have no choice. End times are Especially nine. now. But listen, from what we've talked about here is you know that he's going he's gonna to have your soul in good hands and just fucking trust. You're the fucking problem because you won't trust him. Yeah, and all the things Henry was saying about education camps, look, I- I'm not the guy saying that. You got to join me. You're safe with me. You're safe. See how it works? See how it comes again? They don't know that I'm going to come through the back door and I'm going to show up over there too. But that's how, you know, you just never know. Who knows? You never know who's going to show up in a cold. Mixed bag. All right, fuckers. Thank you for listening to the LPN show. Find other shows as informative and as powerful as this show. Last Podcast Network. Check out other shows. Last Podcast on the left. Side stories to Last Podcast on the left. Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. Whizbrew. We got Page 7. We got Pop History. Go check them out. So much stuff. Thank you, guys. All right, fucker. Hail, sweet Satan. Hail, Satan. Yeah. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. 
Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.